اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم انشاءاللہ we'll begin from ayah number 98 فَإِذَا قُرَأْتَ الْقُرْآنَ Then when you recite the Qur'an فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ Then seek refuge in Allah from shaitan who is the expelled When you are about to recite the Qur'an قَرَأْتَ From قِرَاءَةَ And a person recites the Qur'an for different reasons. Sometimes he recites it for himself, for himself, as an act of worship, as a reminder for himself, for the purpose of reflection, for the purpose of memorization, for the purpose of review, for the purpose of gaining more knowledge. He recites the Qur'an himself. And sometimes a person recites the Qur'an to others, before someone else. Why? in order to tell them about what the Qur'an says, or in order to teach others, in order to be corrected. Like for example, a student recites the Qur'an before the teacher, so that the teacher may correct the student. So whenever you are reciting the Qur'an, alone or in front of others, in private or in public, whenever you are about to read the Qur'an, what is the etiquette? What is the first step? What does the ayah say? فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ Seek refuge with Allah against who? Against who? Shaytan. When is it that a person needs to take refuge, take shelter, seek protection? When do you need protection? When you are in danger. When you feel afraid. When there is a real threat. That if you do not protect yourself, if you do not take refuge somewhere, if you do not go and seek shelter, then what's going to happen? What's going to happen? You'll be fine? Everything will be okay? No. You are going to suffer. you are going to be hurt. So, when a person is about to do this good deed of reciting the Qur'an, what does this ayah teach us? You're instantly in danger. Isn't that amazing? You're about to do something good and you are in danger? Yes, of course. Because your greatest enemy is going to come after you. He is going to attack you more now. Because think about it, if you've got no money, your purse is empty, how do you feel? Yeah, whatever. Your purse is not even with you, you leave it on a chair, go get a glass of water, and you come back, your purse is still there, or it's not there, you're like, oh, never mind. But if you've got money in your purse, if you've got your jewelry in your purse, then what happens? You are feeling afraid. Why? Because even if nobody's looking, eyeing at your purse, you have this fear. What if someone takes it? So remember, wherever there is a treasure, wherever there is something precious, something valuable, then it is going to be attacked. It is going to be attacked by who? By your enemy. An empty house, robbers are not going to come. But a place where there are so many donation boxes, then what happens? We hear amazing stories of how masajid, you know, people are going in and breaking the boxes apart and taking all the donation money. Why doesn't this happen at your house? Why at a masjid? Why? Because they know there's a treasure over there.
So, when a person is about to recite the Qur'an, then what is he getting? What is he accumulating? Treasure. What kind of treasure? First of all, reward. Reward for what? For every harf, for every letter, you are getting ten good deeds. If you end up reciting just one line, one line even, you're actually accumulating a lot of reward, a lot of hasanat. If you recite half a page, one page, you're accumulating a lot of reward. Does your enemy want that? Does your enemy want you to get richer? No way. What does he want? That you should stop right there. So it's amazing. You'll be perfectly fine. The moment you begin reciting the Qur'an, all of a sudden you feel sleepy. And you wonder, oh, I didn't check my Facebook all day. You know, let me just complete this ayah and quickly check on my phone. Who put that thought in your head? Who distracted you at that moment? Your enemy. Because he doesn't want you to collect treasures for yourself. Likewise, when a person is reciting the book of Allah, when he is learning the book of Allah, then he is also collecting another kind of treasure. And what is that treasure? Think about it. When you read the Qur'an, what do you get? Knowledge. You get reward, but you also get knowledge, understanding, comprehension. The questions, the doubts that you had, now they're going to be answered. Because many times it happens and in life we have so many questions, so many issues going on and we need a solution. And the answers are where? In the message that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent. But shaitan doesn't want you to know those answers. He doesn't want you to have all those questions answered, to have all those doubts removed. Because if that happens, then your life will change. You'll be happier. You'll be more positive. You'll be more productive. And does shaitan want that? No. What does shaitan like? That a person is sad. You know that? Shaitan wants us to be sad. To feel depressed. To live in pain. To live in agony. To live in fear. الشَّيْطَانُ يَعِدُكُمُ الْفَقْرَ He threatens you with poverty when you're about to give sadaqah. Hmm? So, shaitan wants us to be sad. But when we read the Qur'an, when we study the Qur'an, all of a sudden, what happens? You, you feel like life is coming back to you. When your questions are answered, you were sad, and now you are comforted, shaitan doesn't want that. So this is why, فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ Seek refuge with Allah against the shaitan. Likewise, when a person reads the Qur'an, he increases in his iman. His iman strengthens, it increases. Does shaitan want that? Does he want that? No. So when you're about to read the Qur'an, you are collecting a treasure for yourself. And when you're going to do that, your enemy is going to become more and more active. He is going to attack you there so much that he does not attack you anywhere else. Which is why it's so difficult at times to sit through the recitation class for even 20 minutes. Sometimes it gets so difficult to sit through a Qur'an class for an hour or two hours. Constantly what happens? We remember so many things. Or we're sitting, but we're not actually there mentally. We're mentally somewhere else. 
This is from shaitan. So, فَاسْتَعِدْ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ Whenever you are reading the Qur'an, whenever you are spending time with the book of Allah, seek refuge with Allah first. Shelter yourself. Take protection. Because if you don't, shaitan is going to get the better of you. You know, in a hadith we learned that once, during the time of the Prophet ﷺ, there was a solar eclipse. And a solar eclipse is different from a lunar eclipse. Lunar eclipse is of the moon. And solar eclipse is of the sun. And lunar eclipse is quite common in the sense that it happens every you know, other year or so. However, a solar eclipse happens every few hundred years. And a solar eclipse basically, during the day, all of a sudden it's night time. You understand? Because imagine if the sun is eclipsed, then what does it mean? There's no light. So during the day, all of a sudden, it's night time. So during the life of the Prophet ﷺ, once there was a solar eclipse. And the Prophet ﷺ, what did he do? He led the people in prayer in the masjid. Asma'a who was a sister of Aisha anha, when she saw the eclipse happening, she was startled, obviously. And she went instantly to her sister's house, Aisha anha, and when she got there, she found her praying, and she found that everybody in the masjid was also praying. So imagine, Aisha anha is praying, and Asma'a anha, she says, what's going on? Is this an ayah? Meaning, is this a miracle? So Aisha radhiallahu anha, you know, she gestured with her head that, yeah. So Asma radhiallahu anha also joined Aisha in prayer. And now that salah was so long. It was so long, the qiyam, the sujood, the rukur, every step was so long that Asma radhiallahu anha said that I almost fainted. So there was some water nearby and she began pouring the water, you know, on her head, on herself, so that she could regain, you know, more consciousness. So anyway, after the salah was finished, the eclipse was over, the Prophet ﷺ began addressing the people. He gave a khutbah. And when he was giving a khutbah, of course you can imagine what were the women doing? What were the women doing? What do women do when there is a lecture going on? They talk. So the women at that time also, what did they do? They began talking. So Asma got really upset. That why are you guys talking? I mean, this is not a social event. So she went to them in order to make them quiet. And by the time she came back to sit down on her spot, the khutbah was over. So she asked Aisha what did the Prophet say? What did he say? So she told her, that the Prophet ﷺ, he basically warned us about Jahannam and also he gave news about Jannah. And especially he mentioned the trial of the grave. The trial of the grave. That how when a person will be placed in his grave, angels will come to ask him, who is your Lord? Who is your Prophet? And what is your deen? So basically this hadith that we talk about all the time, this is when the Prophet ﷺ said that hadith. Now I want you to notice something. Asma radiallahu anha did not get to hear those words from the Prophet ﷺ directly. Why? Because some women were talking. Some women were talking. Alhamdulillah, she had this much understanding, this much faham that if I have missed out on it, at least I should ask my sister. So she found out. But what about the rest of the women who were talking? Did they find out? Did they find out? Did they learn? Who was deprived of knowledge? They were. Who did not benefit from that gathering despite being there? 
despite being there they could have heard those words from the mouth of the prophet sallallahu alaihi and imagine what an impact it would have had on them but because they were busy talking at that time they missed out so remember when we are studying the quran there is nothing else that is more important nothing else at all we have to give our 100% attention to the book of Allah if we want to get something out of it. If we want to take benefit from it. Otherwise, this entire coming and sitting and spending our money and leaving our children and leaving our husbands for these two, three hours is a total waste. It's a waste if we're not benefiting from the book of Allah. Why? Because we're distracted at that time. The Qur'an is being recited, it's being discussed, and we're busy chatting, and we're busy talking, and we're busy sipping on our tea. This attitude does not befit a serious student of knowledge, nor does it befit someone who is serving the Book of Allah. فَإِذَا قَرَأْتَ الْقُرْآنِ فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ Seek protection with Allah against shaitan, because shaitan is after you. He doesn't want you to listen. He doesn't want you to read. He doesn't want you to increase in your faith. He doesn't want you to do that. فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ And you know what the difficulty is over here? We don't see shaitan. We don't see him. Sometimes it happens that there are certain people who distract us a lot. You know, whenever we're working, they'll come and start talking. So we learn gradually how to avoid them. You know that, okay, this is where they sit generally, or this is where they'll find me, so I won't go there. I won't hang out over there. I'll go somewhere else. But the problem with shaitan is that he comes to you wherever you go, and you don't see him. Who sees him? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? Allah sees him. Shaitan is not hidden from Allah. This is why seek protection with Allah to protect you from your enemy. You can't see your enemy, Allah can see your enemy. Allah can protect you. فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ Allah says in the next ayah, إِنَّهُ Indeed he, meaning indeed shaitan, لَيْسَ لَهُ sultan. He does not have any sultan, meaning any authority, any power. عَلَىٰ against الَّذِينَ amanu, Those people who believe. Those who believe shaitan has no power against them. He cannot fill their hearts with doubt. He cannot distract them from the book of Allah. He cannot deprive them of the treasure that they are accumulating. He doesn't have any authority over those who have iman. وَعَلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ And those who rely upon their Lord. Notice, Take refuge with Allah. Seek refuge with Him. What does that mean? Rely upon Him. Seek His protection. Give yourself to Him. Say, Oh Allah, You save me from my enemy. Those who do that, those who rely upon Allah, shaitan can never get the better of them. He cannot have any control over them, any power over them, any authority over them. No. In fact, shaitan gets tired. You know like in a hadith we learn, that the believer, he makes his shaitan exhausted. Just like a person, you know, he's making his horse or his camel run and run and run. So what happens to the camel and the horse? They get tired after some time. They need a break. So likewise, the believer is constantly going forward, seeking Allah's protection, relying upon Him, increasing in His good deeds. And what happens to his shaitan? 
he gets exhausted. I have done so much to make this guy stop, but he doesn't listen. What does this ayah show to us? That if ever we do something, we say something and we say, oh, this was from shaitan. Does it happen? You do something wrong and you say, shaitan, man. You miss your prayer and you say, shaitan. You sleep through your salah and you say, shaitan. You end up in a fight with somebody and you say, shaitan. You get so angry, you say, shaitan. Doesn't it happen all the time? Why is it that shaitan made you miss your prayer? Why? Because he had some power over you. You became weak in front of him. What made you weak? What made you weak before your enemy? The weakness of your iman. And the lack of reliance on your Lord. Because the one who has iman, whose faith is strong, and the one who relies upon his Lord, shaitan cannot harm him. Shaitan cannot defeat him. You remember how the Prophet ﷺ, once he was praying salah, and the next morning basically he told his companions that while I was praying salah, this particular shaitan came. And I fought him. Because that jinn basically came in a physical form in order to hurt the Prophet ﷺ. And the Prophet ﷺ basically, he defeated that shaitan and he said, I wanted to tie up that jinn to one of the pillars of the masjid so that in the morning the children would see. But he remembered the dua of Sulaiman hmm? That, oh my Lord, give me such a kingdom and authority that no one has after me. And Sulaiman basically, he had complete control over the jinn, right? He had jinn armies. He had jinn workers, jinn laborers. So the Prophet remembered the dua of Sulaiman and he let that jinn go basically. But he controlled him. Why is it that we hear the word jinn and we get afraid? We get terrified. Or we find out that you know someone was once upon a time possessed by the jinn. We keep away from them. Why are we so scared of jinn? Why are we so scared of shayateen? Because our reliance on our Lord is weak. Our faith in God is weak. Remember, shaitan has no authority, no control over the believers and over those people who rely upon their Lord. So anytime we see that we are not able to perform good deeds. Anytime we feel that we are making way too many mistakes, what does it mean? We have become weak in front of our enemy. Weak before our enemy. And we need some strength. And where do you get that strength from? Iman and tawakkul. Increase in your good deeds. And that is what is meant by increase in iman. Because think about it. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is protecting a servant, can shaitan harm him? Can shaitan do anything to him? Not possible. Then why is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would not protect a servant? Why? Why would Allah leave a servant to himself? Why? Because a servant did something wrong. Because of which barriers came between him and his Lord. To remove those barriers... By tawbah, by istighfar, by increasing in good deeds. Rely upon your Lord and your enemy can never ever harm you.
إِنَّمَا سُلْطَانُهُ Indeed, his sultan, meaning the sultan, the authority of shaytan, is against who? عَلَى الَّذِينَ On those people who يَتَوَلَّوْنَهُ They befriend him. Those who befriend shaytan, shaytan has power over them. وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ بِهِ مُشْرِكُونَ And those who associate partners with Allah, بِهِ بِهِ meaning through shaytan. Because of shaytan. That shaytan tells them, and they do shirk. Shaitan orders them and they associate partners with Allah. So what does this ayah show to us? Who is it that shaitan can lead astray? Who is it that shaitan can distract? Who is it that shaitan can make, commit a sin or leave something good? Who? Give me the answer from the ayah. Alladina, Alladina, yatawallawnahu. Those who make friends with shaitan. Would anyone say, yeah, I'm shaitan's friend? Would anyone say that? No. Nobody would say that, that I am friends with shaitan. Then what does it mean? Befriending shaitan means spending time with shaitan. Because who is your friend basically? Who? The one whom you keep company with. Who is your friend? The one whom you listen to. And the one with whom you do lots of things. Remember in hadith we learned that when a person enters his house, if he says, Bismillah, then shaitan, he cannot come in. When a person is eating his food and he says, Bismillah, then shaitan cannot have any share of that food. When a person is having his drink and he says, Bismillah, shaitan cannot have any share of that drink. So what does it mean? If a person enters the house without remembering Allah, and he eats his food without remembering Allah, and he has his drink without remembering Allah, then shaitan is there. Who is it that shaitan has control over? Those who befriend him. Those who let him come. Those who say, yeah, yeah, come, eat my food with me. Come, stay in my house so that me and my family can fight all day long. And I go to bed angry and I wake up angry. Come, you're welcome. Who welcomes shaitan? The one who does not remember Allah. The one who commits sin. The one who disobeys Allah. Then shaitan is there. So those who befriend him, those who listen to shaitan, those who do what shaitan does. What does shaitan do? For example, in a hadith, we learn that the Prophet ﷺ said, do not eat with your left hand, do not drink with your left hand, do not give something with your left hand, do not take something with your left hand. Why? Because who does that? Shaitan does that. Friends are similar in their actions, right? So if we eat with our left hand, we drink with our left hand, just because we can't be bothered to put our fork down and hold our cup with our right hand, we're being lazy over there. Who are we befriending? Shaitan. الَّذِينَ يَتَوَلَّوْنَهُ وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ بِهِ مُشْرِكُونَ And those who do shirk through shaitan, meaning because of shaitan. Shaitan tells them and they associate partners with Allah. So these are the people whom shaitan can influence. So putting all of these verses together, tell me, who is it that shaitan can influence? And who is it that shaitan cannot influence? The one who obeys shaitan. And? And? The question is, who can shaitan influence? The one who lacks in his iman, the one who does not have trust in Allah. Okay, the one who does not seek protection with Allah. 
Okay, good. The one who doesn't rely on Allah. And who is it that shaitan cannot have influence on? He cannot make him sin. The one who remembers Allah. The one who relies on Allah. So if we want to be protected from shaitan, then what is it that we need to do? I mean, think about it. If we have missed our prayers three days in a row, if we have slept through Fajr three days in a row, there is a problem. A big problem over there. If we are not able to get up for Fajr despite the fact that it's so late these days, there's a big issue. If we see that we end up lying to our parents, there's a big issue. Shaitan is really taking control over us. You know, somebody said that they asked Shaitan about a person being angry. And Shaitan said that when a person is angry, then he's like a ball for us. You understand? That a ball, you just kick it, you roll it, you throw it. And this is what happens when a person becomes angry. Then Shaitan plays with him. Shaitan has fun watching him. That look at this man, how he is, look at this woman, how she is ruining her relationship with her husband, how she is ruining the confidence of her children. Look at her, how she is wasting her good deeds by being angry with her parents. Look at the way she is displaying anger. It's literally like shaitan kicking a ball here to there, here to there. We become like a ball in shaitan's hands. Sultan, he has authority, he has control. Why? Because we listen to him. We obeyed him, we befriended him, we spent time with him. So those who befriend him, shaitan has full control over them. And those who keep away from shaitan, who seek refuge with Allah against shaitan in the morning, in the evening, when reciting the Qur'an, then shaitan cannot have any influence over them.